Uh, good evening. We are continuing our study of training with the Twelve, learning what the Twelve learned and hopefully applying it to our ourselves some way. Uh, one of our early lessons was called the Thirteenth Apostle, or I'm number 13, or something like that. That's the way I want you to think about this, as if you were traveling with Jesus and learning some of these things. And what would you learn? How would you apply it? Uh, it occurs to me that the things we're studying uh, now, the apostles was just kind of history and helpful and interesting, I hope. Uh, but now we're getting into some pretty deep stuff. And it occurs to me that uh, this is a little more like a graduate level course or a senior level course than a freshman 101 kind of course. Of course, there's always fewer people in those graduate courses, so that, that works well. Uh, but uh, it's just deeper stuff, and it has, I think, a whole lot more applications. I mean, we've got to know the basics. We, we need to cover that all the time. But when the things we're talking about now uh, require a little bit of concentration, a little bit of thinking, a little bit of uh, meditating on, okay, now what did Jesus mean by that? So hopefully uh, this will be good, and we're not going to, I bit off more than I could chew again. I could tell once I started prepping on it. Last week we introduced uh, the Sabbath, the, the principle of it. And the principle, if you remember, was that uh, God made it holy. He set the seventh day aside, made it special. It didn't say anything about an observation of it. didn't tell people what to do, just made it a special day. And then later, at the time of Moses, he set out some observances for it. And the observance basically was, and actually only was, rest, cease, stop, don't work on the seventh day. Uh, didn't give them hardly any other instruction. There are just a very few illustrations of uh, what you're not supposed to do on the Sabbath, but the general rule was don't work. Stop whatever your regular job is, which almost all of them then were, were farmers and uh, uh, shepherds and those kind of things, and so they were supposed to stop that. Now, by the time we got to the New Testament, when well, New Testament times, when Jesus got here, the practice had uh, metastasized, if you will. <laughs> it's just gone nuts. And we talked about that a lot last week, about how the we had the original uh, Torah, the five books of the law, and then the rabbis had an oral tradition that was added to that, which they believed God gave to Moses, and they remembered that orally for centuries, and then that was written down, and then once that was written down, the rabbis started writing commentaries on it, and it just blew up. They had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rules and regulations and divisions and ex explanations of what's not work. And they listed all sorts of things. And then once they got all those listed, they kept thinking, well... We don't want anybody to accidentally break the law, so let's put some more fences around that. Let's make it bigger and bigger and bigger uh, until it was just a 
ridiculous burden is what it was. So that's what we got covered last time. Now tonight we're going to hopefully get through the the scriptures, and we're going to use our Bibles a lot. Get through the scriptures where Jesus had these confrontations, Sabbath confrontations. Every story we're going to read tonight happened on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees were watching, and watching specifically to see if he did anything wrong, according to their blown-up picture of what the Sabbath was. So let's work through this a little bit, uh, and we're going to go straight from Scripture. The first one is Matthew 12. And actually, it's 1 through 13. I made a little typo there. I stopped with the first part of the story. It actually goes through 13 if you're keeping records. Speaking of keeping records, let me ask, and I know we've got kind of a small sample here, but let me ask this. I know some of you uh, have no use for or interest in the handouts, but it's okay. That doesn't offend me. Uh, Some of you don't pick them up. Some of you just don't think that way. Uh, I've had people tell me, no, I have to sit there and I have to pay strict attention to you and listen, and that's how I learn. I don't learn by reading or anything else at the same time. It messes me up. So I understand that. But of those of you that uh, enjoy a handout or uh, use one in some way, I think there's two camps, and I always have struggle on which one to cater to. Uh, one is where I put all the information I can on and everything that I might mention, and it becomes kind of a reference for you. Or if you want to read it or read it 10 years from now, it'll all come back to you. The That's a little presumptuous, I guess. Uh, part of it will come back to you. The, the other side is kind of like I did tonight. I gave you the scriptures, and then I gave you five bullet points down at the bottom, and you can write things in as we go through it. Now, that's a help of learning to some people. So let me just ask, and this is a real unscientific poll, of the lots of information, everything filled in, versus bullet point type outline, who likes everything filled in reference book? Kind of thing. Uh, 41 of you. All right. How many of you like just the bullet points where you can take notes and fill in and that's the way you learn? Okay, 39. Okay. <laughs> so I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> I do it some ways some weeks and some ways the other weeks. Uh, this one is kind of a bullet point thing, so those of you that like to take notes and think that way, you'll have a heyday tonight. So let's go to Matthew 12, uh, 1 through 13. Uh, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Okay, here's our first confrontation. Going, walking on the Sabbath. The 12 boys get hungry. They go off, pick some heads of grain, rub them together, which breaks all kinds of Sabbath rules. If you remember last week, you remember the, the, the list of, on the bottom of page one, 
Uh, you couldn't uh, harvest, you couldn't thresh, which is rubbing things together to get the grain off. You had a whole lot of things there you couldn't do. So they said, you're doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath. All right, here's Jesus' answer. First he answered, haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? Okay, so on my notes, that's the first thing I wrote down, is here's an answer. What David did. He quotes an Old Testament story. He said, hey, David did it, so it's okay. Okay, and then he tells them, he reminds them, that David was hungry, and he entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. And then he goes on, and he says, haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple desecrate the day and yet are innocent? He's a little sarcastic there. I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Okay, a lot of things to write down there. One, mercy, not sacrifice. That's Hosea 6.6. 6. He says, if you'd have known that, you wouldn't be picking on my boys. Okay. And then he says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, we'll put all this together after we've gone through all the verses, hopefully. But we're just writing down things that happened in this story. Okay. Now, going on from that place... He went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? See, they've been trying to set him up here. He comes into the synagogue, there's a crippled guy over there, and they say, Hey, you're healing people, look at that guy. Could you heal him today? Well, they want to trap him here. So Jesus' answer is, if any of you had a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Okay? So he tells them about common sense helping their animals. That's what I'd write down. The sheep in the pit. Then he says it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. That's a major one. We'll work a long time on that one. It's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Okay? And then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the others. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. You might write that down to the reaction. Think about how the Pharisees reacted to what Jesus had said and done as they wanted to kill him. Okay, now, that's Matthew 12. Mark 2 tells the exact same two stories. A little different wording, but not much. The disciples walking through the grain fields, the guy with the withered hand. Luke 6 tells exactly the same stories. Okay, uh, let's look at just a couple of things in those. Uh, Mark chapter 2. And let's go down to verse, he says everything almost exactly the same, except Mark adds this down in verse 27, Mark 2:27. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. 
Okay, I'd write that down. Write that down in capital letters. That's, that's, that's the big payoff phrase in all the, everything we're going to read. Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Okay, and then Luke 6, once again, almost exactly the same story, except at the end, verse 11, it says instead of they were seeking for a way to kill him, it says the Pharisees were filled with fury and discussed what they might do to Jesus. Filled with fury, the reaction of these Pharisees to what Jesus was doing and saying is something I think that, once again, remember, we're the 12 now, or number 13. We're watching all this. We see Jesus getting jumped. We see his answers. We see the Pharisees' reaction. We're, we're being trained. We're learning here. Okay, next story is in Luke chapter 13, a woman crippled for 18 years. over to Luke 18, Luke 13, excuse me, Luke 13, verses 10 through 16. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Okay, got another Sabbath day story. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you're freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which your work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not the Sabbath day. So I'd write that down. The reaction of the Pharisees here, reaction of the ruler of the synagogue, is you got six days where it's legal for somebody to do work. You come on one of those days if you want to be healed. Then the Lord answered. Here come his answer. You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? Might not Ought not this woman... A daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. So what's his story there? Do you water your animals on the Sabbath day? You got a donkey that gets thirsty. You'll take the effort to lead them over to the water. But you draw a distinction between that and a woman that's been crippled for 18 years? That's his answer. That's where the story ends. Okay, so I'd write down, water your donkey and come on the other six days. All right, next story is a man suffering from dropsy. Anybody know what dropsy is? (laughs) I didn't. I had to look it up. Heard it all my life. Just figured it ended in the first century, but it's... (laughs) <laughs> dropsy is is edema. It's a swelling. It uh, probably came back then from cancer or something like that. But uh, retention of water and the body swells up. So anyhow, this guy had dropsy, probably caused by some other disease. But his story is in Luke 14. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees. 
They were watching him carefully. Yeah. Now, we're not going to talk about that, but yeah, let's take one second out and just look at the, 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 the strangeness of this. Uh, the ruler of the Pharisees was having a party at his house on the Sabbath day. And that's what the Pharisees did. They took the rules against work as very, very, very specific and tight and draw the fence around it and all of that. But they turned it into a day of feasting and partying. I don't think they cooked, which is the only thing that the Old Testament says about uh, the Sabbath. I don't think they cooked. I think they prepared everything beforehand, because they still do that today. But they made it, they, they made that kind of thing all right. And then they looked at Jesus and his works of mercy and healing people and all that. They said that was wrong. Okay. So it, it's a twisted mentality. We'll talk about that some, but he, he goes to the party. And they were watching him carefully. Okay, so they're always hanging around watching him. Uh, you remember the TV series, what was it, Jesus or Jesus of Nazareth or whatever, the last one that was pretty good was on, it wasn't The Passion of the Christ, but it was a mini-series. It was pretty good. And they pictured that, whoever did it, Pictured ADs coming out to follow up on it, by the way. If you hadn't seen that, there's the rest of the stories coming. But anyhow, uh, they had that pictured by one old Pharisee following him around all the time. Remember that? I liked that. That was the, I thought that was neat. You know, the, It wasn't like a whole bunch of them went everywhere he went, but somebody was always watching him. And this one guy really had it out for him. So he was following him wherever he went. And... Uh, I'm not saying it's true. I just thought it was a good picture of how they were, were after him. Anyhow, so they're watching him. Behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? So Jesus turns the tables on them. He's played this game before. He knows they're watching. So he gets permission, sort of. He says, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? They remained silent. They weren't going to get in this mess. Uh, then he took him and healed him, sent him away. And so they were over there fussing and fuming among themselves probably. And he looks over at them and says, Which of you, having a son or an ox that falls in a well on the Sabbath day, will you, won't you immediately pull him out? And they couldn't reply. was his answer there, and that's what I'd write down, your son or your ox in a well. Uh, we don't want to get into the Sabbath law too strictly here, but technically the way the Mishnah and the rabbis and all of that had drawn the fences were, if somebody fell in the ditch or the well or something, and that donkey could make it till sundown, you weren't supposed to pull him out. You're supposed to wait till after the Sabbath to pull him out. Uh, you could make him comfortable, 
if there was water in the ditch, you could put enough straw in there so he wouldn't drown. I mean, see how nutty this gets. You just go on and on. You could do these things to avoid working on the Sabbath. But if he was in danger of dying, well, you could pull him out. Okay? And so that's Jesus' answer here. Uh, if your son or your ox fell in a well, which I assume it would be probably close to a death kind of thing, uh, wouldn't you pull him out? Okay. Next story. Invalid at the pool. Uh, John chapter 5, 1 through 18. Uh, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades, and in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? sick man said, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm going down the steps, they, they get there before me. Jesus said, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. Once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now, that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to take up your bed. Write that down. Don't carry your bed. They, they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed didn't know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you're well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, here's your next thing to write down, My father's working, and I'm working. My father's working until now, and I'm working. All right, then you get a reaction in verse 18. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making him equal with God. All right. So Jesus' answer in this one is, not about any of the other stuff he's answered before. This is a new answer. Is, my father's working, so I can work. Okay. Like I say, we'll try to tie all this together next week. All right, last story, and we're not going to take time to read this whole thing. Uh, I'd, I could spend a week or two on this. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. This is a crack up. Uh, the poor Pharisees just have a horrible time in this one. Uh, Jesus heals this blind guy, and they try to get the blind guy to admit that Jesus isn't from God. And you remember the classic line. This guy said, no, that's something. You know, <laughs> the guy healed my sight, and you don't know where he's from. You know, you think God is doing this for a, a, a criminal, sinner kind of guy? No, it's, it's got to be God. But there's a few other little tips in here that we'll find, I think. Uh, first part of the story is all about the healing and the Pharisees finding out about it. And bringing the guy in and trying to get him to admit that, that Jesus is a sinner. Uh, 
And then they, they drag his parents in, and this is in verses 18 through 24, somewhere in there. They bring his parents in and beat up on them. Okay? They intimidate them because they're trying to get testimony that Jesus is not from God. And his parents won't go for it. They say, hey, the kid's healed. Uh, you know, he's of age. You go ask him. We're not going to tell. They were afraid of him because you get thrown out of the synagogue if you believed in Jesus in those days. Okay. So the uh, question goes, story goes on and on. Uh, mainly the parents were scared to death of the Pharisees. Uh, they intimidated him. Verse 22, uh, his parents said these things because they feared the Jews, that anyone who should confess Jesus, he'd be put out of the synagogue. And Jesus didn't deal with the Pharisees in this one. He went back and found the man and talked to him and assured him that he was the Son of God. So the main thing we get out of that is his parents' uh, reaction, the parents' fear of the Pharisees. Okay, now we've got all these stories. All of them happen on the Sabbath. Uh, And let me just advance things a little bit. The next few weeks after we get through the Sabbath... We're going to talk about Jesus' confrontation about fasting and about ceremonial washings because they jumped him about those two. And all this whole topic is about religious liberty, religious acts and what's legal and what's not and how Jesus thought about that. Um, so we'll get to the fasting and the, the uh, ceremonial washings later. Uh, two things I want to get in tonight before we leave. And we'll fill in the bottom bullet points and try to put this in the big perspective uh, next. But one thing I want to mention is, and this is a little bit off the topic, if you will, but I think it's something the disciples learned, and I think it's something we ought to learn. Sometimes I am surprised at the, uh, let's say, meanness of people in the kingdom who are rule keepers. Now, I know we got to keep rules. I know there's rules that you got to keep and all that. But when you focus that way, when you focus on keeping the rules perfectly, no matter how many offenses you got drawn around them, when you focus on that, I think that makes you mean. You know, look at these Pharisees. You know, they are looking at the Sabbath completely wrong from what God said you ought to think about it. They've turned it into a deal of keeping rules. Okay? And they know what their rules are. And if you come and you mess with the rules... You don't keep them. And they don't have a good answer. I mean, they can't answer you because they don't have a scripture for it. You know, God never said you can't heal a crippled woman on the Sabbath. So they're stuck. So what they do is get mean. They intimidate people. They get furious. They look for a way to kill you. They will look at a crippled guy that just got up after being crippled all his life 
and say, you can't carry your bed today. How warped do you have to be to do that? I mean, that's out there now. Some guy that is jumping up and down and thrilled to death, he's been healed, he can walk for the first time. You can't be carrying that. This is the Sabbath. Talk about cold-blooded. I mean, <laughs> that's out there. But And that's the way they were. How about the one uh, when the woman was healed? What did the ruler of the synagogue tell these sick people that were hanging around that hoped Jesus would heal them? You got six days to be healed. Come some other day. We're closed today. You know, it's like going to the DMV at 401, you know. I just thought of that because I did that one day. I had no idea they closed it for. But I got there, walked up to the door and grabbed the handle, and it was locked. Looked inside, eight people sitting at the counter. Looked at my watch, 401. Looked back at them, they looked at me. They'd locked the door. And evidently they locked it at 359 because they were sitting in their spot until their watch said they could go. Okay? You know, how long is this going to take? Come let me in. Take care of my problem here. Heal me and I'll go home happy. No, not going to happen today. I mean, that's the mentality with a woman that's been crippled 18 years. You should have come yesterday. You come back tomorrow. Okay, so I think somebody gets into this mentality of really rule-keeping, you get mean. Now, the other thing I want to finish with before we get done is just the, the way these two looked at the Sabbath, Jesus and the Pharisees. Okay? Now, the big answer, when we start next week, the big answer, in case you don't make it back, the big answer is, is that... The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Well, what's the purpose of the Sabbath? Okay. Well, we'll talk about that at length next week. But Jesus looked at it in the original design of the Sabbath. And it was meant to be helpful to people. It was a gift. It was a bonus it was to make their life better. So God said, take, take off Saturday. Don't work. I know you got so much work that it would be easy to work seven days a week and all that, but I want you to enjoy Saturday, so don't work. That's all there is to the law. A pure bonus to man. It's a day given to man. And on a day given to man, Jesus is saying in all these answers, isn't it all right to do something good on a gift day? Isn't it a good thing to show mercy? I mean, that's the way he was arguing with him. You'd show mercy to your donkey. I think it's all right to show mercy. So he looked at it from that way as a gift 
They looked at it as how do you keep this one rule and you keep it by abstaining from anything that gets close to anything that might be work, that might even be considered work, and you take everything away from people where it's a day of worrying yourself sick about have I broken any rules or not. I don't know how you could enjoy the Sabbath back then. You know, I guess if you hunkered down in your house and stayed away from any Pharisees, you might have a chance. But you'd probably still worry if you did anything wrong. So that was the, I mean, those are 180 degrees different. If you look at it, it's a gift of God. He gave us this to make us happy. And now all these reasons that Jesus gave have deeper meaning. And we'll get into them, but that's where the real fault came. That's the real purpose. I mean, the real center core of our argument is Jesus looked at it. And I think that's particularly what he meant when he said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I think he meant, I know what the Sabbath is about. You know, (laughs) I was there. Me and Dad talked about this. Uh, and I kind of know what the Sabbath is about, so don't be telling me I can't heal somebody on the Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, but they looked at it completely the other way. They had made it a way of them policing everything and had completely forgotten that it was a gift. And then they went, once they got everybody lined out with all the rules and regulations, then they made it a day of feasting for themselves. Yeah. All backwards. Okay, we will... Finish up the Sabbath in uh, part of next week, and then we'll move on to fasting and uh, ceremonial washings and see if we can learn something about this business of religious liberty and religious acts, what we can and can't do. Let me say one more thing, just in case you don't make it back. In all of those answers, Jesus never challenged the Sabbath. Never said anything about, no, you don't have to observe the Sabbath or... Anything about that. He assumed the Sabbath was law. And it was. The reason I say that is when I get to fastings and ceremonial uh, washings, he says, no, those aren't laws. You guys made those up. So there's a difference from something that God said and something that man has said. Jesus has very little trouble or consideration or worry about breaking a tradition of man. But the law of the Sabbath, he was serious about it. He never challenged it. He just reasoned with them that here's reasons that what you call work is not work. Okay, lessons yours. If you're here this evening and need some help or some uh, something from this family, we'd be happy to help you. I'll be here at the front. If you need to come, come. Let's stand and sing. <laughs>